folks, we are going to have a great show for you today. How is everybody doing? I trust we're all doing fine today. Guess what? Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, United States of America. And good morning, the world. Hey, man, you know, uh, as usual, you know how things get sometimes. You get a little late start. You get a little complicated start. But you know what's important, folks? We are out here. We are out here. So um, I, I guess you know what we have to say. Let me just see if if, if Jack Van Vever, I know Howard is tying up a whole lot of loose ends and loose strings right now. Is Howard available to say his little piece or are things a little bit too racket out there? Well, we have a problem with a 10 Kansas string this morning, Egberto. Looks like the glue came off of some of these strings. So I'm busily gluing it back together so we can have your show as normal. And we have Jack here for you. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Egberto. Okay, uh, the most beautiful things sometimes come from change and discomfort. Everything happens for some reason. Have a good day. I, I love the reason sometimes, but we believe that something happens for a reason. <laughs> Hey, well, you know what? That is great, guys. It doesn't matter. But I, I, I want to tell a little story before we get started to uh, with, with this. We are connected in all kinds of different ways, electronically and otherwise. And the magic about getting things done is how great can you work with changes? How great can you, if something goes wrong, how great can you continue to bring a product to fruition, a a thing to free fruition, a show to fruition. And let me just tell you, folks, that is just what we are doing here. Because if you were to try to figure out what's going on behind the scenes right now to get this word out to you, you would be in shock. Let me tell you. But you know what? We're still coming to you live. So to that, we thank Brother Howard and Brother Jack Van People, Let me tell you, folks, the, 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 the Jack Van Beber. I actually call him Van Peoples. I don't know if you guys remember the actor Van Peoples. But anyway, I mean Jack Van Beber. Anyway, folks, we have a great show for you today. Please do remember that there are many ways that you can get this program. There are many ways you can continue to get this program. The first, of course, is going to the good old dial, 713. What am I saying? No, that's not what I mean. What I mean, you go to the dial, 90.1 FM Houston, 90.1 FM Houston at the dial. The other way you can get our program is to go to KPFT's website, kpft.org, kpft.org. Just hit the listen button. But you know what? While you're over there, remember that this station is a station completely and entirely governed by you and as such needs your support. So if you go to that place before you listen, if you have a few pocket change in your butt, go ahead and, you know, just click that donate button as well. Remember, it all goes to this one big pot to keep this 100,000 watt transmitter on the air. Likewise, folks, you can go download the TuneIn app from the Android store, from the Apple store. Install it, search for KPFT, and guess what? Then you are on. Then you're on. Alternatively, you can watch us on Facebook. You can see it right now. 713-526-5738 is the number to call in so that you can have a chat. 
if you want to tell us something. And of course, you can watch it at YouTube, politicsandright.tv. So as you can see, folks, we want to make sure we want to make sure that you have all the options available to you to listen to the program. That's what we want to ensure, that you can listen to the program no matter where you're at. 713-526-5738 is the number. 713-526-5738. Extension number two to talk. 713-526-5738. All lines are open. I have several program uh, several for you today it seems to me like maybe we are ready to go anyway folks what's the title of the show today the title of the show is the american workers are at a new peak in which our system is devaluing their worth i want you to understand what that really means what uh, it seems like maybe we are we are on our other channel. Did did I get that right? I believe you did. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can clearly. Excellent. Well, they're holding at five minutes after six o'clock in the morning. I have to get out the super glue and glue some strings back together, but I think they're going to be okay. Well, let me ask you: Can I get off that that backup system now? Yeah, you can get off the phone. All right. Anyway, folks, we are back in the air. And, and you know what? I, I, I want to commend I want to commend Elson here Howard again, because this was a hell of a start. This was a hell of a start, folks. This was a hell of a start. But you know what I, I like about it? It showed that no matter what happens, you come first and we get things done. We get things done. Anyway, folks, anyway, folks, title of the show today is the American worker are at a new peak in which our system is devaluing their word. Subtitle, these four stories illustrate perfectly the plight of the American worker from a plutocrat demeaning the worker to the Fed's attempt to grow unemployment to corporations devaluing the worker. Stop. 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 Brothers. And sisters, today's program, I want you to listen in detail. Let me tell you, I went to bed really, really late because I wanted to put the, the four stories in sequence correctly. I wanted to make sure that you heard it directly as far as what's going on. So what I'm going to do is start from story number one. And that is story number one, the UAW, story number two. Bernie, story number three, rich businessman talks, story number four, this is how capitalism works. And uh, again, it, the, the, the sequence is important. The sequence is important. So check this out and we'll take it on the other side. We may get to all four. If we don't, I will somehow talk it through with whatever callers come in. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started right now the uaw is in a fight i think at midnight tonight is when the decision has to be made to go on strike i don't want any superb big compromises on this one at all and let me tell you why i don't want any compromises it is time for us to assert our worth it is time for the american worker to assert its worth 
it is time for them to look at the shareholders and say, you are making passive income on my back. It is time for them to tell the executives, you are making passive income on my back. You are making money on my back. So don't tell me that I don't have the right to get the same percentage increase than you do. In fact, I deserve more of a percentage increase than you do because the profits that you're making is on my back. But you know what? Here are the numbers. And I love that some in the mainstream media are starting to do just that. Check this out. Brian, uh, lay out what the UAW wants and what the auto companies are offering. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, uh, the numbers that we've seen right here, again, they're asking for a 46% wage bump compounded over the next four years. The best offer that we're aware of, talks are still ongoing, so this could be changing by the minute, is a 20% wage bump. But uh, one thing I want to zone in on is why such a big number that they're asking for, and it gets at exactly what you were talking about. We've heard a lot of reference points from the UAW about how automakers are making less than the average American. The yellow line is the overall uh, average hourly wage of $33.82 an hour. The average motor vehicle and parts worker, according to the government, is only making $27.99. Important to caveat that this is both union and non-union. But again, another talking point is also how much the CEOs are making. Here's the change since the last uh, UAW agreement with the big three automakers, which was in 2019. CEO pay over that time went up by 32.5%. The median worker for that company, 2.8% at Ford. 18%, a little bit closer, the median worker making over 16%. And at Stellantis, which is the maker of Chrysler, we don't have the data because they're based in Amsterdam. But the CEO pay ratio, how much more the CEO gets paid relative to the regular worker, is in the hundreds. So this is a very big talking point, which is, for a lot of these workers, it's about principle. Um, Brian Chung, thank you very much. And that is what we have to come to the realization. They're always asking the average American worker, hold back, hold back hold back. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. Yet the shareholders who are doing nothing, they're not putting their, their life at, at risk. They're not putting their limbs at risk. They're not putting, you know, the only thing they put at risk is their capital. And the risk that they take is maybe they'll lose some, maybe not. Right. But you put your life at risk. You do the work. And they sit their butts down at their lake home, at their, at their whatever. And so for those who are going to tell me, oh, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of retirements invest in this as well. Don't talk to me about retirement investing in this. If you take a look at where most of the capital, uh, who owns most of the capital bar none, and most of it go to the richest people in this country who mostly own the stock market. Eric says, whoa, 46% and a 32-hour work week. That is a huge raise and won't ever work. Let's stop you right there. Uh, was it a huge rate when the, the CEOs made a 40% 40, uh, 40% raise and not only a 40% raise, but bonuses and all of that? Was it a big steal when all these people that don't work just own shares? Was it, uh, isn't it excessive that they're making money for doing nothing? We have to start asserting our worth. I wrote an article a while back titled Assert. It was my first article to go viral. Assert your worth. We spend a Assert lot your worth. Assert your worth. You know, I, I made that point. I mean, when you look at what the UAW is asking for for the, uh, for the auto workers, the, uh, 40% sounds like a huge increase. And let me explain to you how things work, right? 
over the years, as co corporations claim they are having problems, they ask you to cut 5% here, 3% here, 2% here. So at the same time they're cutting your pay, inflation is going up. The CEOs continue to get their yearly bonuses, increases, and all that sort of stuff. They even get a bonus when they cut your salary. How? Because their efficiency increase and they cut your salary, right? And then... And then, and then, by the time you have, over the years, you have accumulated so much losses, it's now you're behind 40% in wages because of inflation and because of cuts you've taken. So when you're asking for a new contract, it sounds like you're asking for a bunch of money, right? But you're not. You are not. You are not. Anyway, welcome aboard Alistair Waters from... Uh, from Conroe, Texas, and we have an, a new person there. Becky, say hi. Welcome to the chat as well. Becky, say hi. Well, you know what? We, I want you to see, because many folks, specifically on the right, you would see them defending the, the, the line that the corporations like to use, the line that the rich like to use, the line that the masters of this economic system like to use as far as well they're investing their capital and 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 somehow they care about the employees i want you to hear what a plutocrat really sounds like because these guys are getting so bold-faced right now that they believe bald-faced that they believe nobody's listening nobody's watching like i've always told you for quite some time not because you're good at capitalism not because you're good at getting capital not because you're good at making money means that you have a lot of stairs means that you're smart listen to what this capitalist australian guy had to say i couldn't believe that he had the gall the nerve to say this check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Every so often you have to wonder about wealthy people, rich people. Sometimes they forget that they are in the minority and they should watch what they say because sometimes when they come out and tell the truth, even those people who were defending them will start to see what they really are, who they really are. I mean, let's be clear here. Uh, I have been speaking about this for a very long time. The wealthy people, those who don't really earn but depends on workers, the working class, to have whatever it is that they have, they continue to not realize the importance of the worker, that the worker is a stakeholder. And to put it bluntly, the worker, they need the worker more than the worker needs them. But this Australian, a great old capitalist, Tim Gurner, one of Australia's richest men, he came and he, he, he said out loud what most of these rich people believe. I want you to listen to what he has to say here, and then I want to take it on the other side. Because what I want folks to realize, first of all, is what he's saying is something we talked about, what the feds are trying to do in America. And I want you to take a listen very well, and then. We'll take it on the other side. There we go. I think the problem that we've had is that we've, you know, we, we have people decided they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID and that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years. 
And we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40, 50% in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them um, as opposed to the other way around. So it's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market. And that has to continue because that will cascade across the cost balance. I want you guys to understand what this, this plutocrat, this oligarch, this wealthy dude just said. Something that I mentioned a few shows ago, and some people got at my case. No, that's not what they're doing. I said the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates not because it had to, but because it is doing the biddings of the wealthy. Remember, inflation has very little to do with there being shortages. Our inflation has everything to do with the wealthy wanting to gouge us to get even more money. And who do they have to help them with? This plutocrat confessed. He said, governments all over the world have also realized that people don't want to work as hard, that people don't want to go ahead. That in, in other words, they, don't want, they, they are working as if they're doing the employer a favor and they need to get their act together and remember, we, don't, we are not honored to have you as a worker. You are honored to have us as your employer. That's what he said. That's what he inferred. And he said the governments around the world are working to increase unemployment. You heard that out of his mouth. It's something that I've been saying for a long time. It's something that Elizabeth Warner went ahead and told, uh, told our Federal Reserve guy as well, Powell. She said, please, your document says that you need to raise unemployment to a four point something percent. And what does that mean? Two million more people unemployed. And why do they want unemployed people? Because if they have a glut of people unemployed, then the, the work, the, the, the plutocrats, the wealthy people can go ahead and say, all right, you'll just have to take what we have to offer you. This method of thinking is what has the has us with a a wage a a wealth disparity an income disparity and for those people who continue to support the policies of the wealthy for those who continue to say no we don't want entitlements we don't want these social programs understand there are social programs it's only that it's going to the wealthy a social program is your employment to them and he's just about told you. He said, governments around the world are making sure that you become unemployed so that we can have the pickings of workers. My brothers and my sisters, how much more do you need to hear? We have these rich people making these kinds of mistakes all over. Because remember, the smart ones aren't the rich people. They are smart in capitalism. They understand how to move paper without doing work. But the, the ones who have the intellect, you, 
You are the ones that make the economy work. You are the ones that create the products. You are the ones whose intellect are the scientists, etc., that get things done. People, come on. We've got to wake up. They, these guys have become so comfortable in their wealth. They have become so comfortable and think that they have made you dumb enough that you will continue to be there. And once you start to feel a little bit arrogant about being in control as the employee, that they need you, oh, they're going to clip your wings. No, they can't clip your wings. You're a hell of a lot more of us than there are them. Orders of magnitude more of us than them. Remember, keep that in the back of your head. Assert your worth. Absolutely assert your worth. Absolutely assert your worth. I mean, it was amazing to hear him says we have to put some pain in the economy. We have to put some hurt on the employees. Can you believe an employer saying that? Can you believe an employer saying that? Well, wait a minute. We have to have governments create uh, the, the conditions that causes unemployment. And let me let me qualify this for you. Because what the, the small businesses that believe in this right-wing crap, the small, the small businesses is what he means where the hurt has to come from. Because remember, it's all these major corporations who are running out of people to, to have hire because they don't want to pay the appropriate wages, wages, right? So, I mean, these are the people that hurting. So when they talk about create unemployment, what they mean is this. You know your you know your small sandwich shop owner, you know your small baker, you know your small these little companies. What they are saying is, ah, oh, you know what we want to do? We want to make it so painful for those little guys that they have to lay off people because it's not we, the big corporations, that are gonna lay people off right now because we need employers. Where are we gonna get them from? If we don't want to pay them, we have to get unemployed people. Well, we don't want our unemployed people. We want the easy unemployed people that we can get. That means uh, for all of you small business people who think you like this economic system, they are trying to put the pain on you. You are the one who pay those high interest rates for those short-term loans to buy your flower. You know, you buy your flower on that credit, that business credit card that you get from Bank of America or that you get from Nations or all these other banks. Those those credit card rates that are going up for you, little business guy, because remember, the big guy, that big guy doesn't have to take out credit in that way. He just have to go raise a little bit of capital. You got to get credit. So when the, the feds are increasing these rates. Yes, it's hurting the average American worker, but it's also hurting a lot of these small business persons who buy into the fallacy that they don't want Medicare for all. They don't want all these good things that help the average American worker, when in fact, it would not only help the American worker, it will help the small businesses as well. You see, indoctrination is a dangerous thing. 713-526-5738. I have two more clips to play, but I'd like to hear if you have anything to say based on the two clips that we have so far. 713-526-5738. Let those calls ring. Let it come in if you have some comment to make. I am sure it, somebody has to be feeling this stuff in the gut because this is real. Somebody has to be feeling this in the gut to have a, a, one of these, these plutocrats, one of these uh, oligarchs go out there and just say, we need to put pain on the American people. We need to make life difficult for them. Imagine that. Imagine that. 
713-526-5738. If you call right now, you'll get on the air. If you get on before I go ahead and get the other here, come on in, uh, Brother Howard. Okay, we're just checking out the 10 cans and string. We had to make some adjustments while you were on. Uh, none of your uh, dialogue was lost at all, but mm -hmm. uh, we were making sure that you can hear us. Yes, uh, we can. Something to say. Jack has some wisdom here while we wait for some callers. All right, come on in, Jack. You know, when, when I was out, out in the field working, I knew that, you know, I was making $25 an hour, mm -hmm. but my boss was charging $125 an hour for me, a helper and a truck, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that's, that's the whole expense uh, of that service industry. But, you know, he was probably making $25 an hour off my labor too. Yes. So. You know, that they, they've got it going to work easy. Okay. Well, they've got it going all their way. And, you know, they keep, they keep the executives rich and greedy. So they'll take advantage of the worker. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. My brothers. Those anyway, rats. We, rats. <laughs> yeah, we got two phones ringing, but let, let me, let me tell you guys, keep on, keep on calling 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. And we'll get you in as soon as possible. 713-526-5738. We want to hear from you. We got two more clips to play, but I want to make sure that I hear from you before I jump on to those particular clips. So, folks, uh, I, I want you to call on in. Let's go ahead and bring Augie into the picture. We'll bring Augie into the picture. And uh, keep on calling, 713 713-526-5738. Uh, we just missed a couple. Call again, 713-526-5738. Come on in, Augie. How you doing? Okay, so far. Um, Good. I'm glad to hear you coming in loud and clear. But, Excellent. Uh, talking about workers, uh, uh, like I said before, I worked for Southwestern Bell. And I remember in the wintertime when the poles were iced up, I had to climb up with a hammer and break the ice above me as I climbed up. And then I had to use that hammer to open up a terminal just to get uh, work on somebody's telephone line mm -hmm. and then in the summertime when it was hot almost had heat stroke out there working in the hot sun because sometimes you had to be on a pole like two or three hours in direct sunlight and uh that's when the executives were saying we would have to make sacrifices at contract time uh they said the workers had to make sacrifices they weren't going to make any sacrifices but they needed us to make sacrifices at contract time and that's why we would go on strike. Um, but then also other times, uh, like uh, I worked hurricane duty. And uh, these companies that hired guys to come out on those crews for FEMA, uh, I got on one of those crews. Hardly anybody knew how to do telephone work, repair work, when I had to go to Florida to hurricane duty. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, uh, and, and they're being paid, the, the workers, $40 an hour. And they thought it was great because one guy was working in the factory. He came in with his hard hat. It was a metal hard hat, which you don't wear until and when you're near electric. When you're near electricity, you don't wear metal. You wear, you wear the plastic or composite unit. Absolutely. Yeah, because some of those wires, insulation falls off of them, or people steal the ground wire off the utility pole. They're and gone. some of those wires around your head become live. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, it is, but the uh, people that hired us are getting money for every person they hire. And uh, there were 12-man crew, 
And so they're getting money, quite a bit of money for every person they hire, whether they're qualified or not. You know, Augie, it is. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Augie. In order for the BP refinery in Texas City. And I'm, uh, I was one of you guys that knew how to work with copper wires. And that's what they relied upon for communications in the plant. Because the BP guys didn't care about safety. And one time, because I was one of the few guys that knew how to uh, work on the telephone wires, there was a, a unit that was being torn down. But it couldn't be torn down because there was a cable that fed a lot of those telephone lines in the plant. I was the only one that knew uh, about that uh, telephone cable and then needed my expertise to move that cable so they could put this uh, new unit in there. You were the union worker who was trained. You were the union worker that was trained to do that. So I had to go to a meeting, and it was a big meeting. It was so big that the British guy from BP in England came over to oversee this. And he was asking a question about what the holdup. And the time was this communications line. And uh, so I explained to him what we needed to do. But then he started talking about other things in the plant, like the pipeline that was coming in. And I talked about it one time. There's a rusty pipeline. It's getting ready to be inspected. So instead of replacing it and fixing it up, they just painted it over with brand new silver paint. Make it look like it was a brand new pipeline. But it wasn't. was a defective light. And that is why, you know, these are the kinds of things that, that, that they do, Augie. And these are the reasons why we have to, uh, what I what I continue to say, assert our worth. But our phones are filling up, Augie. Uh, look, first of all, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for being a union worker. Thank you for being a union supporter. We have got to stick together in this, in, in, in this, in this work, my brother. Uh, thank you, Augie. Uh, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to Harry. Come on in, Harry. Okay, Harry will be coming in in a few seconds. Uh, so let's see. There goes Harry. Come on in, Harry. Hello. Hello, co-birthday co uh, co partner. Uh, how are you? I, I am I doing, you, I am uh, doing fine. Oh. Harry, hold on a second. Let me just tell Hi. folks. Folks, if you call and got dropped, give us a call back, 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. Give us a call. Give us a call. Come on in, Harry. Yeah, when I talked to Steve Hunter on Utah yesterday, I had asked him at the end of the show, had Eberto Willis ever told you that he and I are born on the same day. Maybe Actually, I heard I heard you. I was on Steve with you yesterday, listening to all the great commentary right. all of you had. We had well, great callers yeah, to Steve's well, show yesterday. Anyway, let me hear it, uh, uh, Harry, because I got to go to another call as well. Okay. So talk to me, my brother. Okay, well, okay well, I'll talk to you. Uh, well, you are right on point with all this stuff with uh, union. Uh, you care about the little person. Uh, I love when you talk about these things always. When I worked at UCSF as a medical assistant, we had strikes all the time, and management was always trying to, because uh, I was a per diem worker at that time. This is like this is 2023, so this is about 15 years ago, and I was mm -hmm. trying to get permitted there, and they made it very, very difficult because the CEOs, the COOs, want to gouge. They wanted to gouge the uh, little guy, the workers, and not give them raises. And we did get some things out of that, but we didn't get what we could have got. And then right. what, man started doing, what they started doing later on 
They started hiring temporary workers, and they tried to take the uh, benefits away from the permanent workers. I remember talking to our union rep who was a permanent guy, and he was always complaining how they're always trying to do that and uh, just work temporary. As my brother was saying a little while ago, we were talking while we were listening to you, is they want to use you and lose you. There you go. I'm going to make one point about uh, uh, Carl Bryant. Real quick, uh, my I hope, brother. I hope he doesn't get upset with this. But when you were talking about this a few weeks ago, you were talking about how they try to make slaves out of you because the shareholders don't do any work. And the CEOs, the CEOs, they take your, their money and they give themselves raises and all that. And then they just try to make a slave out of you. And then I remember Brian saying to you, I ain't no slave. And you were just trying to explain you are right. a slave. When you uh, don't exactly, you I gotta go, Harry. Harry, you nailed it. Harry, you nailed it. You care about the little guy, Harry. You nailed it. I gotta go to Melissa now. Harry, I got you. Gotta go to Melissa. Let's go, Melissa. Talk to me. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. So, good morning. Um, How are you doing, my dear lady? I'm well. I am well, blessed, and highly favored. <laughs> like mother say. Um, so um, I just wanted them to chime in on uh, employment uh, right now. And, and today, um, I am looking at a subcontractor. Maybe this company is um, maybe has a, it's a small business, has maybe 250 employees, um, you know, branched out everywhere. Um, but they have uh, slimy practices, and and I honestly, now that you say what you're saying, um, it kind of, it doesn't make sense, but it's the only way they keep their bottom line. So they they work their employees, because I, I know this, because they, they have high turnover. So they mm -hmm. work their employees uh, the three weeks, you know, how you have to work, you know, two weeks and a half, maybe three, to get your first paycheck. You right. Right. Uh, so this company works their employees, um, hard job, very hard job, minimum wage, works their employees, and then uh, four days before they first check, they fire the whole crew and then yep. rotate another new crew. Yes. Right? Right? So if that's the small, if that's the small business right now, and they're thinking, you know, because honestly, there's no skill development, you know? So the people that they do get, they got to hold on to them, train them, you know, as they go. And then, you know, okay, well, you don't cut the job, you know, you can't make their quota. So, you know, they keep rotating so they don't have to pay you benefits. You know what I'm saying? Melissa, so, you um, nailed it. Melissa, you're- It's crazy you're... because if, they, if that's what the- that's what, if that's what they start, I want to go fast. If that's what they're talking about, you know, uh, keep depleting the, the workforce, you know, so that they can keep on crunching the numbers and make it lower and lower when they hire, then they're kind of squeezing themselves out because pretty soon no one, there's no talent. There's not going to be any talent for them to even hire and turn over. Melissa, you know, let me so let me remind you of something. Okay, remember what I said earlier on in one of my commentaries. Not because they have capital, not because they're rich, not because they're loaded, mean they're smart. Because you just said the smartest thing ever. Eventually, that model doesn't work because people are going to figure it out and they're going to say, I'm not going to work for these guys because after four days or when it's time for me to qualify for benefits, I'm they gone. They don't know because they don't see the next people. They don't see the uh, last people that 
You know, and hey. it, it, it kills me when I when I'm watching these employees. I'm like, oh, shoot, I ain't going to see them in two weeks. You know, yeah. but it's a subcontract, and that's the way that they, you know, that's that's how they operate. You know, and, 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 Melissa. One other important thing that you alluded to, Melissa, one other important thing, by using subcontractors, what the big company does yeah. is it isolate its evil behavior away from themselves. Yeah. So when people complain, they say, well, it's not me. It's not the big company. It's that little guy, that subcontractor that's doing yeah. it. Melissa, thank you so kindly for calling in. Keep listening. You keep calling. We're going to jump to Samantha right now. Come on in, Samantha. How are you doing today? Uh, good. How are you doing? I am uh, doing fine. I, I just want to, I really do disagree with the way they've been, uh, out of, out of when you, when you get out of school, either high school or, or college, I've been working all my life too. I've working, I've been working at Wendy's since I was 17. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a, at a, a clothing store and they really do keep you in that sort of trap to where even if you had an education, and you start uh, going over to some of these places, uh, you know, they they recruit you and they keep you, like she was saying, like Melissa was saying, only for maybe it's only a, a few months before they lay everybody off. And after they lay everybody off, you have to go look for another job. And then it's the same uh, pattern with, 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 with the way that they, they take you in and they, and they take, they put you on the payroll. And they take you and put you on the payroll and give you a benefit, but they really just can't keep you around. And so it, it becomes this like pattern of employment, unemployment, employment, unemployment. And I've, I've even been on an unemployment uh, twice. And they made the qualifications even harder to get the uh, unemployment benefits. So I, I really I didn't understand what the feds were what you're talking about. What are the feds trying to do? Are they trying to help us get un unemployment so that we don't have to work? Or are they trying to uh, encourage us to keep looking for another job, getting a better education? I need to. I, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked, Samantha, because that is a magic that they're doing. I, I don't know if you just came on to the show or if you, you heard it from the beginning, but I played a piece by a guy. Uh, his name is uh, he's a plutocrat, a wealthy business owner uh, in Australia, but he is no different than any wealthy business owner in America or anywhere else. His name is Gurner. And what he said was the following. The American worker is, ha I mean, the worker is having it too easy. After COVID, they don't want to work as hard as they did before. So we have to institute pain on them, which means we need unemployment. And then he said the critical thing that you just alluded to. He said, and governments around the world are doing what's necessary to create unemployment, okay? In other words, the governments, what are they doing? In the case of the United States, the feds are raising the interest rates so that small businesses will have to pay more for their money, so that you will have to pay more for using your credit cards, etc., which will cause small businesses, etc., to lay people off. And then those people will then go on to these other major corporations and work for cheap. It's an orchestrated support of government paid for by the rich to supply workers to the rich at a discount and that is what oh, you yeah. that is what you are seeing right now my dear when you say that employer 
they, they, they have all these machinations that they do to get around uh, having to pay you benefits. They do all these machinations to make sure that there is enough. There are enough people looking for jobs that you would since normally you'd want twenty dollars an hour. Well, since there ain't no jobs, fifteen dollars an hour you'll take. And it's always there to make money for the wealthy guy. And I'm going to play a piece after I answer these next two calls that you're going to see that that is by the, or that's the economic system by design. So I want to get to the other call. First of all, did I answer your question, Melissa? I mean, Samantha? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because let me tell you why I'm saying that. I want to play a piece that this economist says, I feel for the worker. I feel for the worker. But that is just how capitalism works. I want to play that piece for you. But Peter, come on real quick, and then I want to play that piece. Very good, and good morning, Edberto. Good, good morning, Peter. Talk to me, my dear teacher. Come on, talk to me. Right, bring it. So I just got two kind of negative and one positive to bring it home. But I, the first thing I would really like to say is, you know, my heart goes out to United Auto Workers. I hope they get a great fair deal. And honestly, listening to your show is so super enlightening because I, I didn't know about this, about the, the conspiracy to keep the American workers or just workers in general like uh, unemployed and so they, it's, they have their it's an economic system by peter it's the economic system by design it's not an accident it's by design but please go ahead and give me your two negatives and positives real quick because so, i really want everybody to hear this piece so yeah so it's it's you know we're marking the um 22nd anniversary as you've been noting this week and my my uh so my take on that is it's kind of negative but i was in new york that day i'm a fellow oh, i'm a former new yorker and so I had my own theory that day. I just had a gut feeling something wasn't right because I was actually witnessed both of the, my opinion, those were drones that came in. So terrible thing to say. So I know it's negative. I'll just, you know, stop talking about okay, that. Okay, move on from that one. Yes, go ahead. That one and that one. And the last thing I'd love to wrap up is, of course, there's another conspiracy th theory, but I'd love to bring it positive. So the past oh, half a century or so, or decade, I'm sorry, of uh, about the past 50 years, you know, we've heard about aliens and this alien technology. So I believe the governments are conspiring to keep it, uh, that technology, I believe it's called zero point energy and it's a solar powered. Uh, I've heard about which, that, but, uh, but we, we need to talk. I, I tell you what, Peter, I don't want to go into that because I, I, I in fact, there, there's a moon stuff that, that we've had at several conferences out here that kind of brought that up. Let's talk about that another time. Let me get to this stuff with the employment today. But, you know, um, anything else you have to say real quickly before I move on? Well, God bless you guys, and I'll be listening. And uh, so, yeah, thank you so much for all the information. And thanks for letting me on the air to share. Thank you, Peter. You have a wonderful day, my dear friend. All right, let's go ahead. I want you to listen to this piece and listen to what this economist, well, actually, he's an investor economist, but he's a good guy. He told the truth. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. The biggest obstacle to the worker being successful, to the worker, the average worker being able to build themselves up is capitalism. And you are going to hear a capitalist economist who cares about the worker and, and believe the worker deserves what they're asking for, points out, I want you guys to listen to this guy in detail. This capitalist economist points out that the reason we cannot be humane with these reporters 
is because this capitalist system doesn't work that way. I mean, what gets me is that he's not ashamed to just matter of fact tell you, tell you that capitalism stops the worker from being able to maximize his income for what he's worth. Check it out. And then we'll take it on the other side. Because when I heard him say this, it was just before the show. And I came home after bringing back Ashley and I, I saw that and I'm like, oh my God, I got to show this to the PDR Posse. The PDR Posse must see this. Check this out, people. It comes at the end of this four minute or so piece. Listen to what the economist says. It's going to, if you're listening correctly, it will blow your mind. Steve, um, you've been in the negotiating room before at what was a key moment in the survival of the big three automakers. They were not doing well. Um, As I understand it, you tell me because you were in there and I was not. The union made a lot of concessions. They gave up a lot in their benefits package. The uh, amount of money that new workers were making was far less than the older veteran workers. I think it was about half. Now that these companies are making record profits, now that you've seen CEO pay go up as much as it has. Is it fair for them to ask for some of that back? Sure. It's entirely fair for them to ask some of that back. I would say they have gotten some of that back in the 15 years or so since we rescued the auto companies. But I am very sympathetic to uh, their needs and their desires. The fact is that if you look at auto worker wages in this country over the last 10 or 12 years, they've essentially flatlined after you adjust for inflation, whereas most other workers have gotten something of an increase over that period of time in other industries. The, the, the key problem here that you have to recognize is that unlike, say, a UPS driver or an American Airlines pilot, where those jobs aren't going anywhere, in manufacturing and auto specifically we're talking about here, those jobs are mobile in a sense. They can go to the South, where there are many, many factories now operating with non-union workers paid much, much less than the union workers, and then go to Mexico, where recently the number of auto workers in Mexico is higher now than the number of auto workers in the U.S., and where the Detroit three companies have 20 facilities among them down there making cars with people who are paid literally as little as 8 or $9 a day. And so the yin and the yang of this, so to speak, is that the more the workers make, the possibility is that there'll be fewer jobs and there needs to be a balance on, on behalf of both sides for this to work. Um, I don't want to be Pollyanna here, uh, but the companies have a choice on whether to keep the plants here or to move them to the South or, or to Mexico where they um, make less dollars. Um, I just am stuck on what the union conceded to help keep these companies afloat and this idea that we helped you in your time of need. We feel like now that everything is going so well and it's clearly going quite well, that we should we should share in that profitability. We should share in that that hard work done over the past 15 years. Um, Goldman Sachs uh, researchers modeled what a 40% raise would cost. I'll put the numbers up on the screen. Uh, they project a 40% raise for workers would cost between $4 billion to $6 billion over four years for GM and Ford. They didn't model Stellantis. Um, General Motors gross profit uh, last year was 
$144 billion. That's a 32% increase. Brian said that a moment ago. Uh, Ford, their profit, $25.5 billion, a 9%, uh, give or take, increase over 12 months. With numbers like that, what can the companies reasonably afford to give the workers while still maintaining the money that they need, and this is key, to, to develop and to innovate on electric vehicles where they have a, a whole lot of competition? Well, as your figures implied, and I, I wouldn't argue with them, the amount that the unions are asking for relative to the profits are is not life-threatening by any stretch of the imagination. I, I certainly get that. Labor is only one relatively small part of the cost of making a car. So, yes, you can pay labor more and still make a car. Uh, nonetheless, in our capitalistic society, for better or worse, companies are tasked with essentially keeping costs as low as possible. And if costs in the Midwest to make cars goes up too much, uh, those jobs will move, whether they can afford to keep them in the Midwest or not, unless you somehow legislate it, they will, they will move. And then again, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm here uh, as a spokesman for the companies. I'm certainly not. I'm sympathetic to both sides, but I would also point out that General Motors stock hasn't moved at all, really, since it went public more than a decade ago. So the shareholders of General Motors have not lost money, but they haven't made any money in the last 10 years either, which is because this is a, uh, a tough business, as we have all learned over the years. So I hope you heard the end. Capitalism, for better or for worse, seem to simply reduce costs. That's all it does. That's all it wants to do so that the profits can go to the few. So I am going to squeeze as much as I can get out of the worker. I'm going to squeeze as much as I can get out of the supplier. I'm going to squeeze as much as I can get out of everybody so that that person, the parasites, and notice what I call the shareholders, so that the parasites, the executives, the parasites, so that they can make more. You know what is so funny? I have a friend in the oil business, right? Does, does the money stuff for the retail portion of the business, right? And here is how their profits get, their, their bonuses get exploded, right? Several tens of thousands of dollars in bonuses. Here, here's how it makes. If I can get those workers in that store to be more efficient, and what does getting those workers in the store more efficient means? It means they work, uh, they work less people do more work for the same amount, right? And what that does is it reduces the overall cost of that retail entry point. So you have less people working, and for having those people work harder to her boss, the vice president sees, oh, you have increased your efficiency at these stores. No. She did not increase the efficiency of the store. She worked the hell out of those people who earned the same amount, worked harder with less people. And the executives just see the numbers and say, oh, the store is more efficient. I get a big bonus because I replicate that store after store after store after store after store. And I get a piece of the action. And the worker gets niet, nada. Executives get, shareholders get, but the people who actually do the work don't. So my brothers and my sister, when I say what you see, our sister uh, 
Alistair Waters put there when she says, yes, I believe in asserting your worth. We have got to assert our worth. We spend a lot of time. Yes, we have got to assert our worth. Come on in, brother Ray from Third Ward. How are you doing this morning, my dear brother? Yes, my brother. I know. I don't, I know. We got a limited time, so I just want to, you know, again, prop you up and say uh, thank you for connecting the dots to the, the cruelty that a lot of us experience in this society, and basically letting people know, like, hey, this isn't an accident. Okay, they set up the system so that there's always a sect of our population that's going to suffer. And it's not your fault, but people have been brainwashed into this individuality and believing that, you know, if you're failing, it's always your fault. And only thank you. Thank you for saying that, Ray. Ray, Ray, wait, hold on. I want to thank you for seeing that. And I want to thank you for saying that. It's not always your fault. In fact, most of the times for the American worker, it is not your fault. They want to put the blame on you, but that Australian said it all. Thank you, Ray. You have a wonderful rest of your day, sir. All right, come on in, Brian. Talk to me. Yeah, guess who got indicted for a federal crime yesterday? Uh, Hunter Biden got indicted. So let me ask you one thing, Brian. uh, Hunter Biden got indicted. Did that help you at your job yesterday? Did that bring you a little bit more oh, money? It didn't help me at all at my job. Thank it, it you. It didn't help me at all, but it probably it probably made a lot of black people happy that equal justice has now been started. Why? How many black people went to jail for gun charges? How, did O.J. Simpson go to jail? Uh, no, actually, not. Let me. Okay, murdered. so I am glad. I am glad you noticed that. Let me tell you that the the, it cannot, the, the, the justice system is terrible for uh, for people of color. That is true. But you know, people of color who have means learn one thing, and it, it teaches what I've been t- trying to get to guys like you as well. Believe it or not, the most important thing in this. Hold on. The most important thing in this country is green. Okay, so uh, go ahead and continue making your point, sir. No, it, it's white privilege. I, I hear this all the time from uh, talk show, left-wing talk show. It's white privilege, white privilege. Wait, uh, wait a minute. Uh, you don't hear me talk a lot. I talk, I, there is white privilege, but you don't hear me talk about it a lot because more bigger than white privilege is what keeps uh, people dumb or keep people uninformed, and that is green privilege. But continue, my friend. Yeah, so the Secret Service gets sent to pick up the point of origin, the registration form, mm-hmm. right? We're going to find yes. this out. Who sent the Secret Service there? Did they just take it upon themselves to go over and confiscate the, the registration form? Let me let me just say something, uh, Brian. Uh, the reason why, I, I, and I'm, I'm not going to entertain this line of questioning, not because of Hunter Biden, because um, the rat hole that you continue to find yourself in is uh, more than likely hurting you more than you know right now. Because again, you're so concerned about Hunter Biden. You can't see the people on the right and the neoliberal Democrats screwing you to kingdom come. I just gave an entire program on what's happening to the American worker. And you are so taken up with Hunter Biden that you cannot see the danger 
the American worker is in this country, not because of Hunter Biden, but because of an economic system who has you so concerned about Hunter Biden. You cannot be concerned about yourself, your family, and others. I got to get out of here, my dear Brian. So give me one sentence to close, and then I got to go. No, I'm not concerned about uh, Hunter Biden. I'm also concerned about immigration. Who's going to take my job next time? Thank you again. I am glad that you said that because that is so important. Hold on. That is so important. Immigration would actually help you, but you are so concerned about the fallacies that they tell you about immigration. You are so concerned about Hunter Biden. You cannot see the big picture. I just gave the big picture to you a few seconds ago. But you're so you're so tunnel vision on those particular issues, my brother, that you don't see. I got to go to the control room now. Thank you so kindly for calling. And you keep listening and you keep calling. Come on in, control room. We got to get out of here. Well, here we are at the end of your show, and we managed to get your entire show out due to the 10 cans and string holding up. So I would like to say thank you to the 10 cans and string God this morning. And that's you. That's you. That's you. No. All right. You are the okay, god of the Sanskrit. <laughs> let's hear some wisdom here. Let's go for it. Okay, I, I did this the other day. Corporate capitalism is an animal that only knows hunger, and it will devour all, even the person wielding it. What kind of animal? I love that. I love that. But you know. Hey, guys, you guys are giving me some extra time or something. My name is thank you. Thank you, Howard, for all that you did to get us up today. Thank you, Jack. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.